this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. Welcome back to Experience Eden on This Side of Heaven. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of community and Christian fellowship. So I'm going to start us off by reading two verses um, about Christian fellowship. So this is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And the second one, Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Ooh, I love those verses. (laughs) It's just so good to know that when we do gather in unity to talk about God, that he's here with us. And it's just so comforting to think about that and just to realize that it's powerful. Actually, physically gathering in his name has power. It's not Mm -hmm. just an intangible thing that we do. Uh, It really has value to us and kingdom value too. Yeah, definitely. And he's making it a point that it's important to gather together. Exactly. Um, So to start though, what does community and Christian fellowship even mean? So Mm -hmm. what, going back to the basics. Uh, Well, back to basics is, um, so a lot of people and even me growing up, the word church meant a building. Mm-hmm. That, that was my interpretation of church. Yep. Um, but as I've gotten deeper in my faith and now non-denominational Christian, um, really the church are the people, right? And so there's a Greek word, ecclesia, I hope I didn't butcher that, but there's a Greek <laughs> word and it means assembly uh-huh. uh, and gathering. And so really it comes from that. It's just to assemble in his name and to gather together. And um, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are to gather together in unity, to be like-minded. And that doesn't mean we have to have all the same opinions and political views Mm -hmm. and experiences. The like-mindedness is to be like-minded in unity as Christ as our central focus. That's what it means. And so, um, and what's interesting is the beauty of it is we come from all different political groups, uh, you know, racial groups, socioeconomic groups, Mm -hmm. um, historical experiences. Uh, Our testimonies are so vastly different, different countries, different upbringings, different everything. And so uh, it's nice to know that when Christians gather in Jesus' name, the whole point is to be Christ-focused, and we Mm -hmm. focus on that commonality rather than all the ways we're different. And so that's really a really important and beautiful thing to remind us. And sometimes Christians get a bad name and sometimes Christians give Christians a bad yeah. name, <laughs> right? Being judgmental or close-minded yes. or, mm-hmm. or um, judgy because mm-hmm. sometimes people, once they're born again and they're, um, they're walking with Jesus, sometimes they forget where they came from. Yes, And exactly. so that's important. Yeah, it's important to remember like just because you believe in Jesus Christ and now you're trying to live out Christ-like living, uh, doesn't give you the right to judge anyone. And so it's a good reminder that um, to gather in fellowship and in community is actually to be focused on Christ. Not self-centered, but Christ-centered. Ooh, I really like that. I didn't yeah. think about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't think about that. Like in church, they, they talk about, like they name things like community groups, which are small mm-hmm. groups that um, study the Bible together. So sometimes it just kind of takes on the meaning of like just a group. 
Yeah. Uh, and we kind of lose the, the focal point of the group, which is Jesus. Yeah, definitely. And I love that you said, like, we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different experiences, different places. But that commonality is Jesus and all of us. Exactly. I love that. Mm -hmm. So why is this community and fellowship so important? Why does God mention it? Like, why is the Bible mention it? What makes it so important for us? I love the word fellowship. And other than... Um, like until I became a, a born again Christian, mm -hmm. uh, that word fellowship, I thought was like a legal, like a legal fellow, which <laughs> meant like, you know, you're part of that legal firm. That's yes. really the only context I had ever heard it in, mm -hmm. you know? And so I actually looked it up because I didn't know. And so I looked it up and fellowship means friendly association, especially with those who share common interests. So see how that piggybacks exactly on what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'm a word dork, I get it, but words do matter. Yeah. And when you look at the definition and the origin of these things, it takes on a bigger significance. I mean, mm -hmm. literally until I was studying for this, uh, it, it still didn't have that same implication to me. And so um, it's important to remember what fellowship means, but mm -hmm. also um, how it impacts us. So yeah. we gather in a Bible study and the purpose, of course, is to learn more about the Bible. But it goes beyond that, and, it's, and it goes beyond friendship even. Mm -hmm. So fellowship is, you know, Bible study and meeting with the common focus of God. And then, of course, you're going to build friendships along the way. But it's so much bigger than that even because um, going through that, it's you're learning from each other. Mm -hmm. You are learning from other people's experiences. And so you're not just um, doing a Bible study and making friendships. I mean, we could stay home and read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, so Bible study means you know, it's the living word. So a, a verse will speak to you differently than it speaks to me based on whatever you're going through in life today. Absolutely. And what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And same for me. And so there may be a situation where a sister is in a small group and really struggling with something or, you know, hopefully um, really rejoicing in something. And it's nice to be able to share that with someone who has a common experience. And then there's a really amazing comfort in knowing that you're understood in pain. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important not to just sit at home or just go to church one hour a week on Sunday, but to really engage in friendships that are Christ-centered um, so that you can actually navigate day-to-day -day life with that Christ focus. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and sometimes we don't realize how much we need that. And we don't um, we don't always really meditate on it or focus on it, but it's so critical. And the more I engage in community, the more I realize I need to engage in community. Like it's yeah. just it's just an affirmation of yeah. what I need in the name of Jesus and, and why the Bible talks about it so many times. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it is sometimes easy to be closed off and just like, well, I'm reading my Bible like it's being God, like we're fine. But you miss that whole implication of we're not supposed to be by ourselves. Like mm -hmm. God, you know, made Adam and saw that it wasn't good. He gave him someone else mm -hmm. because he wants us to be in fellowship with one another and learn from one another. That's how we grow, right? Absolutely. And you just reminded me, there's a there's a verse that I want to talk about that piggybacks exactly what you just said was Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fellowship is in that verse, yes. you know, and that shows how critical it is. Um, and then the other thing is that when we are invited into relationship with Jesus, so, you know, the I believe moment, okay, I believe you do the sinner's prayer, you accept Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. And that is a huge moment in someone's life. I mean, mm -hmm. huge. 
but it's just the beginning of something so much more significant. And sometimes in the excitement of that moment, we don't realize, okay, well now we have work to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause you feel it's yeah. such an amazing feeling and you know, okay, now I have salvation in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Now we have homework Yeah, and we have, it's just know, the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so it's so important because, um, while we're saved by grace and we're assured our, our salvation through Jesus Christ, um, it's important to recognize that that Jesus is now inviting us into a relationship with him that mm-hmm. is an invitation to holiness and into righteousness. And that usually means it changes our entire life, our lifestyle, mm-hmm. our perception, our behavior, our patterns. Everything has to change. And of mm-hmm. course, that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the desire to change can happen and be really intense overnight. But it takes a lot of work. And so that's where the fellowship and the community mm-hmm. really, really come in as an important part because now you have to study the scripture. And and again, it's not just to study, it's to gain spiritual knowledge. Yes, definitely. You know, it's not just cramming for a test and then you test it and purge the information. This is a building block. And mm-hmm. each time you learn something new about Jesus and how to live a Christ-like life, you're just building more and more. and It's compounding. Mm-hmm. And so to hopefully all of these things that you do in, in the name of Jesus and in the name of righteousness and integrity just become muscle memory. Yeah. And that's definitely. the whole point. I especially believe that for new believers, yeah. like, you know, people who are just coming to us, you don't know a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's important to get in that community so that you can learn more. And like for people who have been believers for a lot longer to really go back and touch those people who just became believers exactly. like, well, this is because even for myself, you know, when I was a new believer, I felt like oh, I just had to study by myself. I like wasn't sure like who to talk to. I'm like, they're going to for sure find me out and just know that I'm just like so new and this and that. It's intimidating, right? Yeah, it's intimidating. But I did myself a huge disservice by doing that, by like hiding away in the back of the church, doing my Bible study, because there's a lot of things I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And if I had someone, you know, I would gain a lot more clarity. It did take me a little bit longer to finally get community. But once I did, like, it was so much better. I was mm-hmm. able to connect dots a little bit more. I was able to share in experiences and share my experiences. And we were able to build community that way. Because, you know, a lot of what other people go through, sometimes you go through it. And sure. then those are the people you want to go to for counsel. Exactly. And the thing is, too, and this is true for many, many things in life. You, When you're learning something new, you want to learn it the right way first. Yes. Because if you learn it in the wrong context mm-hmm. or the wrong way, then you have to unlearn that. And yeah, it's exactly. just it's so much extra work. And then the wrong thing is imprinted on your brain. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that anytime you learn new things, I mean, literally in anything, in school, on a job, yeah. you want to learn it accurately the first time. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to unlearn it and break bad habits, you know? Yes. And, um, and your state of mind can alter how you interpret the Bible, meaning... If you're, if you're having intense anxiety or depression or sadness or grief or loss, um, your soul can be so heavy that you can, mm. you can maybe not even see God's glory in the scriptures. Uh, or if you are reading scripture to, with a selfish motivation to back up maybe an unrighteous behavior, you're going to do that too. Yep. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's really important to have the right ho- heart posture. Um, to have the right community around you and to learn it in the proper context. And accurately um, so that you don't make mistakes in your walk, you know, and you don't walk backwards. Yeah, <laughs> that's really important. Yes. And that's another one that I wanted to share is and that, you know what? I, I've heard this one before, but it just has more meaning. This meaningful now uh, is um, Leviticus 27. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. 
for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And so when I was reading that, I was so excited because some, we don't use the word sanctification enough, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, and so it's such a process and it's not passive. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about, it's an engagement. It's a relationship and a give and take with God, but also it's, um, it's an action and it's a verb. And in order to be sanctified, it's not just, oh, belief in God. Mm-hmm. Belief in Jesus. That's salvation. Yes. Sanctification is an ongoing forever process where Jesus is the goal. Mm-hmm. And through God, through scriptural maturity and through righteousness and integrity and learning um, that we are ever more conformed into the image of Christ. And that's sanctification. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know even at least in the beginning of my Christian walk, I wasn't really explained that. It was like, okay, the goal was I believe, yeah. which was fantastic. Yeah, salvation, of course. Yeah. We're, you know, we're working toward a heavenly goal. But what is that working? Mm-hmm. What is that working component? Mm-hmm. And, and what is the charge, meaning what are we expected to do? And how do we grow and how do we benefit from that? And so that's really important to really emphasize the, the, the act and the process of sanctification. It's that transformation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the exactly. more you go closer in, the more he's just transforming you inside out. That's funny because I never thought like sanctification either. Like yeah. that's not something I really heard at all. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we kind of glaze over that a little bit. Um, and I don't know why that is, but I think it's a word that needs a little bit more emphasis in community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think like in the excitement of the I believe moment would be the perfect time because when somebody's on fire for something, they're more apt to listen, yes. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. They're like, okay, great, I believe. Okay, now, <laughs> now I'm going to give you some homework. You know? yeah. I would almost, I think it would be Here's really your packet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can take it home. Yeah. And so I really think that would be beneficial because then people would understand, okay, so I have work to do. And, and not to, to um, put it in the context of something that is, um, you know, laborsome. Mm-hmm. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually for for everyone's mutual benefit. Through sanctification, you benefit. The kingdom of God benefits, and those around you benefit. Mm-hmm. So it has a ripple effect and a kingdom effect that um, really should be a focus. And so I I wanted to really take the time to talk about that because to me it's really really important. And we talk about this all the time. Is that um, and it kind of goes back to uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, mm-hmm. and that states as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And so through community, the sanctification process can be amplified and intensified. Yeah. Like you said, when you were doing it alone, it was, it's even, you don't even know where you're at. Am yeah. I doing good or not? Yeah, Am I exactly. getting this or not? Mm-hmm. And so when you come alongside someone else, for better or for worse, sometimes it's just for encouragement and to be uplifted. And other times it's to be pruned and to be molded. Mm-hmm. And you have to welcome both. Yes. Because I don't want the bad parts of me to still exist. Mm-hmm. I don't want my mistakes and my flaws to exist. And uh, I don't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I don't know what is wrong with me necessarily. And mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to hear about it. <laughs> like, you know? like, that's not exciting. I don't, yeah. want to be, I don't want to be told how I'm wrong. And But the, the reality is becoming a believer and wanting that spiritual maturity, it requires growth mm-hmm. and pruning. Yes. And fellowship and iron sharpening iron. And one of my old mentors in uh, Huntington Beach, she was just wonderful. And she gave me this visual of, you know, just picture a beautiful, huge piece of marble, perfect Mm -hmm. square marble piece slab. And in order for that to turn into a beautiful statue, the sculptor has to chip it away with a hammer and a chisel and just 
take away all the excess, all the unnecessary, all the things that are prohibiting it from being this beautiful creation has to be chipped away and it can be painful and it can be laborsome. But that's essentially what God is doing with us in sanctification. He's chipping away all the things that are unnecessary, that are not helpful to us, that are burdensome to us, that are negative or toxic. Mm -hmm. And those things hurt Mm -hmm. because right or wrong, good or bad, they're a part of you. Yep. And that removal process can be excruciating. And sometimes we like our nasty, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Sometimes we like the parts of us that are of the world mm-hmm. and the parts of us that are living in our flesh. And it can be uncomfortable and certainly inconvenient um, to have that chipped away. But that's sanctification. Yep. And it's and sometimes those people are the ones that's telling you that. So sometimes you're going to like shy away from it. But yeah. it's ultimately making you better when you have people who are biblically sound and giving you that counsel. They're mm-hmm. not going to tell you what you want to hear. Exactly. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. And so that's why I love that kind of iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. um, scripture, because being around someone who's you know, sharp in the areas that you're weak, it actually makes you stronger because everyone has their own strengths and their own weaknesses. So Mm -hmm. being around other people who can help strengthen you, that's just only going to help you to grow. Exactly. And so this is why, like, and you've probably heard me say in Bible study too, is that um, when it comes down to Bible study, yes, you want to study scripture. Mm-hmm. But the scriptural information is information. So you're just learning the words on the pages. Hopefully you're getting the cultural context, the mm-hmm. language context, um, and of course the heavenly context. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, the scriptural information. And then it's, it's not even valuable unless you are learning to apply it to your life. So like if you, if you read the principles of God or the wisdom of God, and you read it and you don't execute it. Mm-hmm. You don't, if there's no application in your daily life, it's fruitless. It's worthless. Yes. And then, so you go from the information stage to the application stage. And through that, the sanctification, the pruning, the iron sharpening iron, that's when you get into transformation. Ooh, and so okay. I don't want to stay in the information stage. Yeah. I want to, I want to move on. I want to advance. Yeah. I want to go from information to application hopefully one day to transformation. Yeah. Leveling up. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So how do we acquire this type of transformation? Um, Well, there's no pathway. There's no rule book. Yeah. Um, But through my experience in community, I, um, I have found that there's a couple of things that it's not a conclusive list. I'm sure somebody far more brilliant than me could come up with some more things. Um, but in my, in my practice, in, in what's worked for me so far, and I'd love to hear it. You got any ideas? Um, but it starts, I think, with authenticity. So when you're meeting new people and you're in a Bible study group, or certainly me, like in a leadership position or in a facilitator position, um, I need to lead with authenticity, mm-hmm. right? And so I was looking up some um, some Bible scripture and things like that, and I found one on authenticity that was awesome. And it's Ephesians 4.25, and it says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it literally says about, you know, honesty and everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, standing on Scripture and understanding Scripture and reading Scripture, and hopefully one day being able to practice what we learn in Scripture— um, it means that we need to be able to stand authentically on scripture, unapologetically, and we need to have really honest relationships with one another. You can't fake it with God. So why would you fake it with me? Yep. If we're gathering in the name of God. Mm-hmm. And so it's frustrating. Like, and I've, I've had to tell people before who are, you know, hurting or they're grieving. And 
I can do what I think would benefit them, but I'm, I'm rarely right in those occasions. I can have a, a right heart about it, and my heart can be in the right place, but until, until you tell me how you're hurting, and until I know where where your brokenness is, I can't really assist you properly. Mm -hmm. And so until you're honest with me, and that's not to say every time you sit down at a table with 10 people, you have to purge <laughs> yeah. your deepest demons day one. Like that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm saying at all. But if you, um, if you do want to have a, a positive and authentic interaction, then you at least had to leave, have to leave with like, where are you in, in your circumstances today? So mm -hmm. you might not have to tell me why you're in mourning, just say you're in mourning. Mm -hmm. You might not have to tell me why you're fearful or anxious, just tell me that you're fearful or anxious. But if you show up in a small room and go, I'm fine, everything's fine, everything's yeah. great, we're not gonna get to where we need to go. Yeah. And so it's really important. And then, you know, most Bible studies, they will have a learning component and a scriptural component. And then they'll have uh, like a reflection component, like yeah. we're talking about Application. the verse. Mm -hmm. And then they'll talk, yeah. And they'll talk about like, well, how does this apply to you? Mm -hmm. Or relate this to a situation in your life. And that's there by intention. That's not just to fill the pages. That's because, okay, now that you've learned something and now we're telling you how to potentially apply it. Now show me where in your life this would fit. Yeah. And so it's really important uh, to keep that in mind. And so for me, without the foundational aspect and the concept of authenticity, none, none of it else will work, you know? And, um, and I get it that people are coming from places of deep darkness and hurt. And I get that. And I want to respect everybody's story mm -hmm. and everybody's mental health. And, you know, it's not, it's not to out anyone or, or, you know, really to put them on the spot, but it is to get to the place of where we can help. Yeah. To heal, it's, it's healing. If you bottle everything up and you don't have those conversations with, you have to at least have someone you can be honest with and like mm -hmm. hear what they have to say. Because sometimes when you're in the middle of something, you don't see that outside perspective. And, you know, you have someone that can come and listen to you mm -hmm. and, you know, provide you with some good advice. That's what mm -hmm. starts healing. Right, right. And then, so once you get to the authentic place and you feel comfortable, okay, we're, we're being authentic with each other. Mm -hmm. We're being honest. I know enough about you now that I can try to lovingly come alongside you. Mm -hmm. So then you get to the phase of like ad advising. And so we don't encourage, like, you don't want to psychoanalyze anyone. In <laughs> we, you know, we're Taking not, notes. Right, Here, let yeah. me help you. <laughs> That's not the point. But when someone comes to you and says, okay, I I'm grieving or I'm anxious about this, that's when you, as a sister in Christ, you open your Bible and you find the, the advising of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the advice component, the wisdom of God in those pages. And so it's important that you go there. And we have to make sure that that what we are advising is not just a solution to make something convenient or make a problem go away, but it's for the purpose of, of sanctification and spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. And so it's a response, it's a mutual responsibility among all the members of the group. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important. Um, and so of course I looked that up also, and it's again, standing unapologetically on scripture requires knowledge, mm -hmm. wisdom, compassion, integrity, and moral courage. So the reason I wrote that is because there are times when a beloved sister is struggling with maybe a decision or maybe the decision's been made and now there's consequences. And now it's come to you that this is an issue. Um, it's really hard when you love someone and we as humans are not in the position to judge mm -hmm. or to condemn. Sometimes it's really hard to say, well, you know, I feel as though you made the wrong decision and here's why. Yeah. Or, 
if you want to stand on righteousness and biblical principles, this is what God says on the topic. And it's, sometimes it's hard to lead people to scripture that is not favorable to mm-hmm. their situation. But we are not called to make them comfortable. Okay, so, but it's important. So First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. That last so, part is important. Well, gentleness yeah. and respect. I know, it's like, just a couple of words. Yeah. We could like leave it off. Yeah, you're like, ah. <laughs> you got to be careful because, again, sometimes when you feel like you have the answer, or, you know, something is a situation about righteousness and you're like, okay, this is the righteous response. This is what I would do. And you're taking yeah. the moral high ground and you, you make your sister feel like she's less than mm-hmm. because maybe she did make an unrighteous decision that now has a consequence. Yep. That is not what we're called to do. No. We're called to love one another, to encourage and to uplift one another. But sometimes in that encouragement and uplifting, there's a redirection that's necessary for spiritual maturity and growth. And so um, you cannot do that, though. You can't get to a place where you can direct people unless you yourself are trying your hardest to live in righteousness and to obtain and to grow that spiritual maturity. So there's an, an obligation there. Yeah. You know, it's not, okay, I'm sitting at a table with you. I can tell you what to do. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just, and again, you can't get to that point unless you have the authenticity. So once that relationship's been built and you've established yourself as a trustworthy and wise counsel, now is the time to have the moral courage. And sometimes, you know, you can't give unsolicited advice always, but when a sister comes to you mm-hmm. um, with a significant issue and you know that God has talked on this and God has a clear answer, you have to have the moral integrity and the courage to direct your friend to what God says about it in the Bible yeah. and, and not make apologies for it and just stand on it. In love and in truth. Exactly. And I think also, like, on the other side of that, like, advising counsel, if that's what you're seeking, you also have to be careful <laughs> who you're seeking that from, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like you said, like, do you want something that you want to hear or something that's actually productive, like, biblically sound, even though you it might not be something you want to hear? Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful who you're going to. Totally. And you know what's funny too? So I, and I've, I've definitely said this in Bible studies. So anytime you get a constructive criticism or a criticism you don't feel is constructive at all, <laughs> right? Sometimes the best response in that moment is no response. Mm-hmm. And really just kind of think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a three day rule. If, if something is particularly offensive or hurtful to me, I'll wait three days. I might even write it out, write out yeah. a response or prepare a response. But emotions have a way of um, disrupting our focus mm-hmm. and internalizing things. And then we lash out in a way that we wouldn't if we weren't emotional. Yes. Um, so it has it has proven very valuable to me because oftentimes you'll you'll type out that nasty gram, you know, <laughs> and you'll think it's so righteous and I'm so right. And you read it three days later and go delete. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, thank God I didn't do that. And so and that's normal to feel mm-hmm. offended. Um, we're in our flesh. We don't like to be told we're wrong. The reality is we're often wrong. Yep. And so even more reason to surround yourself with people that you know will counsel you from a place of righteousness and love and compassion rather than selfish motivations or judgment or condemnation. We all have people in our lives that we don't want to hear an opinion from. And that's just the truth. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes those people are maybe family members or coworkers or whatever, and, and we can't escape that which is uh, even more of a reason to surround yourself with people that you trust biblically. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what was my other one? 
accountability. Ooh. Accountability. Um, accountability can be tricky. <laughs> Um, I looked up the definition. It says it's the quality or state of being accountable, especially in obligation or willingness to accept responsibility for one's actions. Mm. Yeah. Ouch. So <laughs> it requires humility. Yeah. So if you're going to truly be accountable for something, like think of some time you've been wronged and you wanted that person to take responsibility and be accountable. More than likely it required humility and the admission of a wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. And um, just kind of the surrender to going, I messed up and I want to fix it. Mm -hmm. And um, so without humility, you'll never get to real accountability or taking mm -hmm. responsibility for your own stuff. Um, and so, of course, I looked up a Bible study on that. <laughs> uh, James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is power powerful and effective. Mm. And then I love this one. Luke 17, 3. Pay attention to yourselves. Control <laughs> yourself. Um, if your brother sins, rebuke him. But if he repents, forgive him. Mm. And so that is so powerful because, again, it's not... The accountability doesn't necessarily connect to judgment and condemnation. Mm -hmm. You know, to be accountable truly is to be to be mindful and to be growth oriented. Yeah, that's the purpose of accountability, not to beat yourself up. Yeah, not to you know God's mercies are new every morning. Yes, so there's encouragement in that. But once you recognize that a wrong has been done, then you can correct it. And so that's the goal, mm -hmm. right? And it's not to beat each other up and hurt each other. Um, and so. We, we cannot, we are not in a position to admonish or judge or hurt anyone with condemnation. Um, but when you see someone who is jeopardizing their salvation by what they're doing, you have a moral obligation to try and at least encourage them back into alignment with Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And it happens all the time. Like, um, I had a friend one time call me that she was contemplating having an affair on her husband. She called mm. the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> just, Let me tell you, sister. <laughs> she so called the wrong guy. <laughs> um, because I understood that there was a lot of pain behind mm -hmm. that, um, even though it presented as selfishness, you know. There was a lot of pain there because there was a lot of pain in the marriage. But I, I mean, this was my friend. Mm -hmm. Her happiness is important to me. But I had to stand on the righteousness and explain to her that that is not in alignment with God's plan. Mm -hmm. um, and God cannot bless a decision like that. And um, to just strongly discourage her from that and to explain to her that that this release or this um, this affection that she thinks that she's going to get from this person is short lived. And it's just not wrong. I'm not right. I mean, it's wrong and it's not righteous. And so to have a conversation like that is super difficult. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the world says, well, you do you. Mm hmm. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Right? It's not treating you right. Just go get another one. Exactly. Yeah. And the relationships are disposable in mm -hmm. today's culture, but they're not. And so it's really important. And a measure of a marriage or a measure of any relationship is not is not how convenient it is for you in any moment. It's 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 bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to have those conversations, but you really need to be able to do it and you need to be able to receive it. Yeah. So sometimes things aren't as egregious as, oh, I'm contemplating an affair. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's uh, another lifestyle or a pattern of behavior that needs to be stopped for the purposes of sanctification. And someone lovingly comes alongside you and says that, and then you just need to be mature enough to uh, accept that and move on and to improve. But it takes humility on both sides, mm -hmm. and it takes courage. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's really an important thing about having community is definitely being accountable mm-hmm. for, you know, the things that you want. If you're setting a goal for something, you know, the best way to have it is someone's, you know, they're helping you, you know, yeah. keeping you accountable for doing it. Every day you said you want to do this, like, okay, did you do it today? Like, <laughs> Exactly. I always use the analogy, like, if you want to start working out, it's really easy to like hit the snooze button at 5 yeah. a.m. and not do it. Yep. But if your girlfriend's on the curb honking the car horn, come yeah. on, we're going to the gym, then you're, you're going to go. You're gonna yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. So it's important to have, and like we've talked about in our Bible studies, having an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Now, that's to say you're not necessarily going to gel or, or find a bestie in every single person at a table in a small group. The yeah. reality is, like I said, we all have a lot of differences. We have a lot of different experiences. Mm-hmm. We have different needs. We yeah. have different circumstances. But usually, by and large, there's at least one person around the table who that you know feels what you feel and is living what you're living and can come alongside you. So mm-hmm. it's important to try and identify um, those accountability partners and then really just dive deeper into relationship with that person. Yeah. Because they get you and they understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's easier then to hold each other accountable because yes. you're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just really valuable and important. And then that leads to the fun one. <laughs> the, the, the final one. Like once we've gotten rid of all of the, the truth and, yeah. and all the accountability and all of those things. Now we get to the affirmation, mm. but it's just as important. Mm-hmm. And the affirmation is to build one another up mm. and to um, to encourage one another. And that's why knowing each other's like I've, I've said so many times around the table. It's important that we know each other's lives and circumstances. Um, and so the affirmation, the definition is the act of saying or showing that something is true, emotional support or encouragement. I mean, it's actually in the definition. Um, so often the path of righteousness is paved with confusion, right? And, and especially like when you're new as a believer and you're trying to discern the voice of God and the direction of God and what he wants for you, it's just really hard. Yes, it is. It's really hard. And plus, you know, sometimes you don't know if it's the voice of God or your own selfish desires Mm -hmm. and your flesh. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is it's really important to have that discernment. And when you have a sister who doesn't have the emotional attachment to the issue that you have, and she yeah. can see it through the scriptural and the spiritual filter, not the emotional filter, um, then she can encourage you and uplift you in a way that's tangible mm-hmm. and in a way that's more audible. And uh, just like if you're going through grief, um, you're mourning perhaps, or you're just really having a bad time, whether it be anxiety, depression, sadness, mourning, grief, sometime, or worry. Sometimes just the noise in our head is just so consuming and you cannot make sense of what you're feeling or Mm -hmm. thinking. And often the enemy is just lying to you and bombarding you with noise and negative thoughts. And it's, it's critical at that time that someone come into your life who can speak God's truth over you to remind you of who God is Mm -hmm. and who you are to God. Yeah. Um, And that's just so important. And I've had it so many times. I know tons of scripture. For some reason, I can't remember it when I'm freaked out. <laughs> right? Yeah. When I'm stressed out. Yeah, of course. So I think it's just so important that we um, that we pay attention to all of these are valuable in their own way. And like I said, they're compounding. Yeah. Uh, and one is foundational to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that when we are um, when we are making big decisions or when we're in a difficult circumstance, that the affirmation of those around us can lift us up and and encourage us to stay in alignment with God in that sanctification process within the community. Absolutely. And I love the verse that goes with this. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact that you are doing. 
I love it. Right. I, I love it so much. And again, with the affirmation part, like it, it's so valuable when someone who has suffered through what you're suffering through now has mm -hmm. gotten through it. Yes. And can tell you that there's a way. Jesus is the way. Mm -hmm. Let me show you. Mm -hmm. And and walk alongside you because sometimes you just don't have the energy or, or the words to communicate what you're going through. And you use that and nothing is wasted by God mm -hmm. ever. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. <laughs> and I love it all. Um, Pastor T.G. Jakes was, is so cool. He said that um, not everything you go through is for you. Yeah. And it's so true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I've known like so many times that, you know, I've been down or something happened. And when someone comes alongside you who's been through it and lets you know that just keep, you know, keep your faith, like keep following God. Like it's going to be, he's bringing you out of this for a reason. He puts you in this situation for a reason. And usually it's just to make you stronger. It's to grow your character, you exactly. know? Exactly. Exactly. And you don't know what you can do until you're pressured. Yes, right? exactly. And sometimes we learn our, our greatest accomplishments come through failure mm -hmm. and through pressure. Um, but the other thing is that um, not everyone has the same emotional toolbox, right? Mm -hmm. And um, some people deal with certain things better than others. That's a God-given gift. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a practice gift. You know, yeah. okay, once you've endured something similar 10 times, then okay, now on the 11th yeah. time, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what to do. <laughs> right? And so the thing is, you know, and I, I, I'm sure I've said this before because I say it all the time, is that people always say, God won't give you more than you can handle wrong. Mm -hmm. God will give you as much as is necessary for you to acknowledge your dependence on him. Yep. So he won't break you. He's not trying to destroy you, but he wants you to turn your face to him and, and recognize you're dependent on him. You mm -hmm. need him. You need to pursue him, to seek him, to be in relationship with him, to try and be conformed to his image. So again, it's not for the purpose of hurting you. Yes. It's for the purpose of making sure that you're aware I need you, God. Mm -hmm. Come come to me. Show me the way. Like a parent. Yes. Right? Like parents, we can instruct and teach our children, and then there's a time we have to let them fall down. Yep. And when they don't listen to us, and they do it their way, and then they suffer a consequence, they're like, Mom, I should have, Mom was right. Yeah. I should have listened. You know? <laughs> yep. And we have to do that with God sometimes. Exactly. So God has given us the way. Uh -huh. He's given us the gospel. Mm -hmm. He speaks to our hearts, you know? And so we know oftentimes what God's directing us to do. And when we don't do it, when we, you know, bruise our ego or skin our knees or completely mess something up and there's painful consequences, we have no choice but to turn to him and go, okay, God, I'm dependent on you. Yep. I need to be more like you. Mm -hmm. You were right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so people, this is the thing, when you've gone through stuff like that, um, the people who have come out of it um, victorious, can now come alongside the people who are suffering in, in this moment with tangible solutions, leading them to God mm -hmm. and his word and how to navigate this. Yeah. God gives us an amazing instruction manual in the Bible for how to live. The thing is, we're in our flesh. Mm -hmm. So he gave us this beautiful book, but all the answers, and we're just full of sand. <laughs> like if we could do yeah. the Bible, if we could, if we could truly apply it to our lives, we would be in so much better position. But we're in our flesh, mm -hmm. which is why we need community, mm -hmm. and we need to bring the darkness into the light through community, and do do all of the things that we've been talking about: the authenticity, yes. advising, wise counsel, um, to do the accountability, and then affirmation that okay, this is the way you go. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you. And it is important, especially, like I said, as a new believer, just to get into that community because 
it really does build you up. If it's done correctly, you can grow so much in that area. And that's where I said, like, I, you know, did myself a disservice was not doing that. But then finally coming to the other side and just seeing how much, you know, gathering with our sisters, going and worshiping together, you know, getting counsel from one another, like how uplifting that is and how much more that can point you towards God. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen it in our Bible study. We have seen so much transformation. We've seen marriages healed, mm -hmm. a parent to child relationships restored. Yeah. We've seen healing miracles. We've seen confidence just rise up inside of people, like mm -hmm. godly confidence where they completely lacked it. Um, we've seen sisterhoods and friendships develop that are truly living and walking in step with each other mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. We've seen it. Yep. We've seen tangible miracles in our, in our little small group and of the people that we, um, that we live with and that we study with and that we're in community with. We have seen so much miraculous, miraculous transformation. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm so thankful that God has allowed us that blessing because we can say it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all, we're going to pray for it. No, I've seen it tangibly in action. And it's just such an incredible blessing to see when someone's blossoming in Christ. Absolutely. Amen. And that's what we want for you. We're so hopeful that, um, that what we're saying and what we're doing and the passion that we have for this is beneficial, um, that we're leading you to Christ, that we're leading you to community, um, that makes you feel confident in your walk. Uh, in the fact that not only do you have a salvation secured in heaven, but that you will be sanctified here on earth mm -hmm. for kingdom purposes. Yep. To grow, you know, we're supposed to accept God, seek God, share God. And that's just really what we're trying to do here. Amen. We're going to pray us out. Yes. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the gift of community. Thank you for encouraging us in your scripture, Lord, to gather together and to give us the instructions of how to behave how to love one another, how to hold one another accountable, how to forgive, Lord, how to uplift and encourage. We are so blessed by the word that you are so gracious to provide for us, Lord. And we just ask that everyone seek community. May they find you in a new and a profound way when they sit at a table with other believers, Lord. We ask that you grow up your kingdom, that you grow your church here on earth, Lord, in these troubled times, and that during a pandemic season, Lord, that we do not isolate. Uh, that we do not run in shame or in fear or in adequacy, and that we just boldly come together in your name, unapologetically standing on scripture, Lord. That we're not afraid to be pruned. We're not afraid to grow. Lord, and I ask that you just be aware of who needs to hear this and that you ensure that the message gets to their ears and to their heart, Lord, so that when you tap on their heart, they'll open the door. Yes. We're so grateful for what you were doing through us, Lord, and we just ask um, for discernment, for wisdom, and for surrendered obedience to continue to do your work. We love you, God. We give you so much praise and thank you for the miracles that have happened around our table. And we're just asking for more. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God and makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!